in a world filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Hey, to say it's been a volatile year in the markets would certainly be an understatement. On today's show, we're getting scientific, sort of, with laws or principles that you can apply to investing that can help you keep your cool during crazy times. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hey, welcome in to the Get Ready for the Future show, live streaming on Facebook and YouTube on Wednesday, November 11th, and all across Arkansas on every Saturday uh, morning at 10 a.m. My name is Scott Inman, Janet Walker, and John Shrewsbury with me again today. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Hey, good to see you. Hey, got a great show today. Uh, Chief Market Strategist Ryan Dietrich joins us. It's his time up in the bullpen once again. Uh, he'll be in the next segment to talk about uh, where we are in the markets. We've had a uh, pretty good rally post-election, post-news about a uh, potential vaccine with a potential of 90% effectiveness. So we're going to talk to him about get his thoughts about that and can the rally continue through the rest of the year and on into 2021. So you want to stay tuned for that. And it fits really uh, well with our theme today, laws of investing. You know, I was really hesitant, guys, to put the word scientific in the open today because I didn't want anybody to go to sleep on us before we even really got going. <laughs> but we've, we're kind of bringing this parallel of, you know, you learn back in school, or at least when we were in school, I don't know that they get taught this now, but about Newton's laws, right? Remember Sir Isaac Sir Newton? Sir Isaac. That's yes. right. He, he uh, as we were having a discussion about, discovered, if you want to use that word, discovered gravity, even though it was already there. But he wrote the laws, the first laws about gravity and some other things. Wasn't he the guy that was sitting under the apple tree and the apple fell on his head and so the story goes. allegedly so allegedly. the story goes okay it, it makes for a good teachable i, I choose to believe that yeah. <laughs> you can choose to believe in santa claus i can choose to believe in the apple falling okay okay so there is a segment because i did look him up on wikipedia before we started the show and the you know, source it, of all truth in this world well it, so yeah you have to choose if you believe that but it's li- early life and post life and all that and then there's a whole section called apples <laughs> so I didn't get I, I don't have time to do that. No, no, I, no. I was no. looking for it. Do, Scott. Maybe later I'll be able to yeah. do that. But yeah, so he, uh, he we're kind of taking his laws uh, and putting our spin on how do this, how does that relate to potential laws of investing rules, basically, They're really principles that if you hold yeah. to, because it really kind of honestly, the whole show gets into the concept of where we talk about planning, removing some of the emotion out of your investments or, or, or your investment decisions. If you hold to these principles, which is really kind of more of a in the weed look at the way the planning process works, that you can help remove the emotion from your investment decisions as well. Well, I had a I had a conversation just recently with a, a client that uh, he was allowing just some emotion to cloud his thinking about right. a particular investment, and I basically just applied some logic to it and said, "Look, you need to make a logical decision, not an emotional decision about this." And he cleared up that thinking and said, "You know what? You're right." Let's just keep on doing what we're doing. And it was uh, it was interesting, Janet, as that as a microcosm of how emotions rule us in almost everything, particularly when it comes to our money. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, something something many times will emotionally cause us to take action or to not take action. And that's it's really kind of what we're talking about here on this first law. When you talk about an object at rest tends to remain at rest and mm. an object in motion tends to remain in motion. When you think about, you know, what does it mean for your investing? Many times you're just going to keep doing what you're doing, yes. you know, for emotional reasons. And John, you have the the coolest little uh, toy over there to use. And oh, I know man, I know a lot of people are listening to us on the air and you can't see this. This is a reason you need to find us on Facebook. So you get to see this fabulous little video. But Bye. if you if you put this down on the table, John has a catapult. I got a weight, and he has a catapult. This is this is not mm. it's not right. This fits really well with Isaac Newton because we're but, going back to medieval times here with these. So things. so well. when he uses his catapult, if you think about this just a minute, the the arm on the catapult until you did something to move it, the arm was at rest, and yes. it would have remained at rest unless you, unless you did something. Right now, when you do something with that arm, go ahead. So I pull it back, and 
I'm afraid to launch this, Scott, because it's if towards I, me. <laughs> if I launch this, Janet has a three pound weight yes, I do. within her arm's length. And so in my hand now. She now has it in her hand. So I'm really screwed on, on this deal. But here we go. Here comes the catapult. And it hit me. Thanks for uh, there that. You go. <laughs> okay, so now we talked about the arm. An object at rest tends to remain at rest. Now let's talk about the ball. An object in motion tends to remain in motion. Until it so, hit Janet. Until it hit me. Actually, it kept going. It was just going another direction then. But the point is, if you think about the parallel in investing, if you're sitting on the sidelines, you're an object at rest. And you're going to remain at rest until something comes alongside you and, and causes you to say, I have to take action. I have to do something. And while you're sitting still, the market is the ball. It's just going to continue moving. It's going to keep moving without you. And do you want to be sitting on the sidelines? and, And let me also make a parallel to just personal financial planning. Very few people make changes in their personal finances unless there is some force that comes against them that makes them do that. Uh, Oftentimes, people just stay exactly where they are until they come up on a life event. Maybe it's retirement. Maybe it's a sickness or an illness or something like that. Maybe it's an awakening by, you know, some other thing that has happened in their life or maybe to a friend or something like that. And they go, oh, wow, I've got to get this all put together and, and move forward. Uh, and, and that is usually when people begin to ring our phone and come to see us because they have had some type of, of interaction with something that has caused them to go from an inert state, to use a right. scientific term, to one that, that actually is in motion and, and actually gets things done. And when you do that, as long as you're taking the right actions, then good things usually follow. It's not really you at rest, it's your money at rest. You yeah. know, think about it in that terms. If you, do you want your money at rest? And I think this could really go into a, a discussion about timing the market because that's really what we're talking about. A lot of people try to time the market. I want to get in at the right time uh, when the market's down or, or when we're about ready to start a new bull market. And, and, and that really is a fool's errand. We've talked about it many times on this show. It's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. Can we just talk about the lack of a crystal ball here? I mean, if you want to get in at the perfect time, then go get your little crystal ball that you don't have and and see how that works for you. Nobody knows when the perfect time is. And that's why we would say don't try to time the market. Just focus on time in the market. I think Casey has a, a graph on this, but I'll try to verbally uh, uh, explain it for sure. our listeners as well. If you invested $10,000 back in 1980 uh, in the stock market, S&P 500 as a matter of fact, if you kept it invested all the days, the good days, the bad days, and all of that, you would have actually gained $708,000. If you missed only the five best days, so you set out the five best days, you would have $458,000, about half of what you would have had if you just kept it invested. Think about that. That is a $250,000 difference just by missing the five best days. Over 40 years, right? I mean, you said 1980? Yes. Is that where we're starting? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is why we don't jump in and out. That's simply not wise. Uh, And and furthermore, if you take a look at the 10 missing the 10 best days, you only had $341,000 as opposed to 708. So less than half of the money. If you set out a month, if you just set out 30 days, you only have $135,000. It is the most amazing uh, testimony for staying invested that I've ever seen. And, and, you know, now is a really interesting time to think about this. If you think about people that bailed on the market prior to the election because of fear and said, no, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to cash. Well, they're actually not in as good a position today because the market has gone up pretty, uh, pretty strongly yes. after the election and with the announcement of uh, the vaccine having uh, potentially a 90% effective rate. Now, we really can't guarantee where that motion will go in the future, but we do know that historically, as John just pointed out, that markets fluctuate up and down and an investor in motion will stay in motion. That's law number one. Ryan Dietrich, our chief market strategist at LPL Financials, with us next. Don't miss a minute of the Get Ready for the Future show. Look for our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash radio. We'll be right back. 
This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life, whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across Central Arkansas, there is a GenWealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Welcome in. As we record this on November 11th, we didn't get the chance in the open of the Get Ready for the Future show to say this, but we do want to take just a moment and say Happy Veterans Day to all of our veterans. We, we recognize uh, your service and, and, in many cases, your sacrifice. So uh, Happy Veterans Day to everyone who served. Absolutely. We, we appreciate all that you have done for us and all that you will continue to do. Yeah. So as we talk about where we are, and we've got Ryan Dietrich coming up on the show, uh, coming up next on the radio side, John, we, we don't want to steal too much of his thunder, but we're going to talk to Ryan a lot about this uh, bump that we got in the markets earlier this week from the news that a COVID-19 vaccine is is very soon uh, going to be distributed and apparently has a 90% effective rate. So Ryan's going to talk about selling the news. I love that that, that term yep. that he used, and, and that can be good or bad, but they yep. certainly they certainly bought the news, I think, on, on Monday. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we have a little bit of a different perspective on the fastest four here that we wanted to offer to you, but it's actually the same perspective, uh, and I believe it confirms a lot of what Ryan has to say. One of the most ha- hallowed names in investing right now is Dr. Jeremy Siegel. He is at the Wharton School of Business. He is a consultant to one of the investment firms that we use here at GenWealth in our bucketing strategy, Wisdom Tree ETFs. And Dr. Siegel has termed this market a Christmas come early for the stock market. And it's part of it is the settling out from the election and, and at least having some picture of certainty at this point. But the big deal, according to Dr. Siegel, is what's going on with the vaccine. And the announcement earlier this week was that, that Pfizer has said that the vaccine will be available very early and that it will be 90% effective. Mm-hmm. Dr. Siegel says that is a game changer as far as the economy and the markets are concerned because Scott, he believes that the economy is going to more rapidly open up mm-hmm. uh, because of the the high level of effectiveness that that vaccine offers. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out that we had the market lows in 2020 of late March, right? And and then when things began to open up, we really saw a return in those in the in those markets uh, in from the technology side, right? Yes. Because a lot of a lot of business, a lot of industry did well even during a partial shutdown. But what this news does when you talk about how it could affect the economy is if we begin to open up, there are a lot of companies that are still hurting. There are a lot of companies that are not doing well. They'll be able to possibly get back on track. Well, and Dr. Siegel says that he believes that the virus will actually peak around Christmas or maybe even as early as Thanksgiving, which is just a couple of weeks away. Uh, And he says that that people have got to be careful and continue to be careful. But once the vaccine begins to get into the population with a 90% percent effective rate he says we're going to see way more people inoculated than maybe would have in the past and and you know he does give a nod to the fact that some people are just not going to take the vaccine but he says that's okay because we don't need a hundred percent of the people with a vaccine that's that effective not everybody takes the flu vaccine right as well exactly so i think it's very important for the psyche of america too if we start to think about this potential good news too not only the economy and the markets but getting people back to normalcy i think how important is that for consumer confidence and those types of things yeah absolutely and he sees a rotation in the stock market coming uh we're going to talk with ryan about uh, growth versus value dr siegel sees a rotation coming in value and that will be good news to a lot of people who hold value stocks Mm -hmm. that haven't been performing very well compared to growth stocks over let's say the last four or five years really growth has dominated value dr siegel and ryan dietrich think that value is going to come back into play and that turn may already be taken place. Ryan's going to kind of reference that, right? Already this week, some changes in the way you look at value versus growth. So you certainly want to be ahead of the game and stay tuned for that uh, interview as well. That's going to do it for the fastest four minutes in investing. Thank you for watching and listening. Smarter, simpler, and more personal. The Get Ready for the Future show continues after this. 
from the Gen Wealth Radio Network Studios. We're back with more of the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome back into the show, and we are glad once again to be joined by LPL Financial Chief Market Strategist Ryan Dietrich with us on the broadcast. And welcome to you, Ryan. Good to be back with you. Hey, guys, it's always an honor. Now, I will, full disclaimer. I had to get up like at four this morning because I was on CBC at like six in the morning Eastern time. So I might be a little tired, but I'm going to do my best to get through this interview. <laughs> hey, I believe I believe you can make it because our, our, other, it. our other option was Bert. He's a little bit jealous that you're on today. So you can do this, power through, so we don't have to go to Bert oh, next I time. <laughs> yeah. Bert, uh, just so you know, Ryan, Bert tweeted, what in the world's going on here? Weights, balloons, catapults? I'm jealous that Ryan Dietrich pulled this opportunity. So I think you could probably sneak <laughs> out today and it would be okay with Bert. Yeah. Right? You're referencing I a might, picture. I might, I might leave a little early today. I got here pretty early today, so that's <laughs> yeah. right. That's okay. John's <laughs> referencing our pre-show picture that we put up on Facebook because Ryan may not have any idea what you're talking about with yeah, the balloons and all that. But, I, I yeah, it's, it got a little crazy <laughs> yep. there for a little while. Hey, uh, let's jump in here, Ryan. So our first chance to talk to you uh, post-election uh, day and the markets have certainly reacted strongly to the perceived outcome of the election. Some people, I think, are surprised that uh, at how well it's done. And obviously, there's some other news that we'll talk about with the with the potential of a vaccine uh, about to arrive on the scene for COVID nineteen as well. But what's behind? Um, do you think Wall Street's reaction? Well, you're right, Scott. I think it is surprising. Right, we had four consecutive days of one percent gains back right around the election. You got to go back to October of '82. The last time we saw anything like that. And what sprung it, right? What caused it? At the end of the day, we think it's the divided Congress. I think I've come on with you guys before and talked about this. The Republicans are likely going to maintain the Senate. The Democrats have the House. Gridlock is good, is an old saying. And historically speaking, the S&P gained 17% on average when you have a gridlock year. And the crazy stat, I think, this could be the 11th year in a row stocks are higher when you have gridlock. And what does that mean? Well, you know, the extremes, one way or the other, don't necessarily happen so you could argue the best washington is one that can't get anything done but we want stuff to get done i mean i don't want to say this we have washington dysfunctional there's some things we can talk about soon with covid that we need stimulus but still i think that was a surprise because most people were looking for a blue wave we didn't quite get the blue wave that some were expecting and i think the market kind of took that in stride and and that's partially why we think we've had such a i mean gee as we're speaking right small caps are at all-time highs as we're speaking i mean it's a, it's an amazing amazing run we've had the last week Ryan, that amazing run has some people concerned, uh, and they're voicing some of those concerns about valuations and uh, whether the stocks have gotten ahead of themselves as far as earnings are concerned. Are you concerned about where we are in terms of companies being able to keep up with their stock value with what the, the earnings that they're actually producing? Well, John, in the near term, you know, wouldn't it be something if when we have the vaccine, uh, the, the Pfizer just announced, and then we're going to talk more in detail about that in a second, but wouldn't it be something that the market made some type of a peak around there, you know, a sell the news mentality, but bigger picture into next year. One of the amazing things that we continue to see, the U.S. economy continues to improve, right? Every time we have data, it just seems like we beat, right? And this is a global phenomenon, too. The thing that gets me this earnings season, you talk about earnings, this earnings Third quarter earnings season's pretty much over as we speak. Like 95% of the companies are reporting. 85% of companies have beat third quarter estimates, and fourth quarter estimates have increased. That, that is like unheard of. That's the most beats we've ever seen. So corporate America continues to kind of, you know, get a bu- jump over the bar. And we do think this, we're calling it a new bull market. We've been on you guys for a while, so it's likely a new bull market. We think that is the case. And sure, there's going to be fits and starts, maybe near term with the news on the vaccine. Mr. Market might surprise people how to sell off. But bigger picture, uh, this, this economic backdrop looks really positive. And it should justify these gains that we've had, and honestly, more gains potentially from equities into 2021. Ryan, let's talk a little bit about growth and value. As we yeah. review the performance of various investments, it's pretty clear that growth is just continuing to, to slaughter value in terms of sector performance. Do you see that continuing, or would a potential administrative change in Washington, would that change that paradigm? Well, Janet, that's the big question. Honestly, the last couple of days, value has come roaring back after news of that vaccine is realization maybe the economy can open up a little sooner. Mm-hmm. Our base case, Delpio Research, all year, we've been siding a little bit with growth. We said a low growth, low inflation, low rates world, investors reach for growth. And where's the growth coming from? Technology, healthcare. I mentioned earnings season. That is where a huge part of the earnings growth is coming from. So we absolutely still like growth as we head into 2021. I think it's a, a nice place. Even on this pullback, 
it's a relative pullback, but there's relative pullback in growth relative to value last few days. It could be an opportunity, but the other side of things can have a barbelled approach. We have significantly warmed the last three months or so to small caps, industrials, and materials. Kind of those cyclical names that do better if the economy does better. So it's hard to say, well, who's your favorite, growth or value? You know, it's like picking a favorite kid sometimes. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with kind of doing both, right? Do communications and technology over here, and then have some industrials and materials over here. We think both of those areas for a, a well-diversified portfolio could potentially do well into uh, all the way through next year, to be honest. We're talking on the Get Ready for the Future show today with LPL Financial Chief Market Strategist, Ryan Dietrich, who has been up since 4 a.m. want to get that in there. Just, just for you, Ryan. Hey, uh, news. We've talked a little bit already in this segment about that potential vaccine. Let's kind of dig into that a little bit more. Obviously, yeah. that was a big bounce in the market earlier this week with it. it the Pfizer has one that... It, the, the trials have showed that could be 90% effective, which is apparently more effective than the flu vaccine. I learned that. Uh, it gave us a good rally on Monday. So now moving forward, obviously there, the news could bounce all over the place on this, but what, what could this do for the overall impact of COVID on the economy and how does the market intake this moving forward? Well, I mean, the market's obviously taken it positive so far, but let's talk about COVID for a second. I mean, record hospitalizations, record cases globally. It's not like COVID is slowing down. So this is a real positive sign, no doubt. And but the Pfizer one, the one that we've all been hearing about is Moderna's vaccine, which we should get results from soon. That potentially could have very, very positive results as well. So when you kind of do the, the, the double-edged sword of both of those, um, it's really optimistic because there are some betting sites and places that say, when's the vaccine going to come? You know, a week ago, we didn't expect a vaccine this soon. We're going to have a vaccine likely that people can use by end of this month and more, you know, well uh, to be used globally in a couple of months. And that's a really positive sign. And that's what's happening. Look at the 10 year yield. I know we're going to talk about bonds in a little bit, but just the 10 year yield's been going higher. That's the bond market's way of saying, hey, the, ec- the economy is potentially going to open up. And that's more of a positive sign than not. So I think it's a. Um, it's a re- we think it's an awesome, awesome development. And again, just wait for Moderna's results, which should uh, be pretty impressive also. We, we'll have to wait and see, but we, we expect that. Ryan, uh, coming from South Arkansas, uh, where, I, where I was born, I, I grew up with pine straw in my hair. I had oil on <laughs> the bottom of my shoes and, and salt water in my bath water uh, most of the time yep. because it's oil country down there. And everybody is really kind of a little bit concerned about some of the noise that Joe, Joe Biden has been making about the transition from fossil fuels into renewable energy. Uh, but that looks like the the prospects for that transition might run into some uh, into some problems if we end up with a split Congress. Are you concerned about what might be going on as far as energy companies are concerned, or do you feel like they may just roll with the flow? Yeah, I mean, John, you know, we've been underweight energy in general for, honestly, about the four and a half years I've been at LPL, and energy's obviously underperformed. Just recently, I know energy had a big bounce the last couple of days, but energy was less than 3% of the S&P 500 recently, which is one of the smallest components it's ever been. But I'll tell you, you know, you think about if the economy comes back, if you get the, if you get some positive news, look at globally. I mean, China just had an incredible jump in their exports. The, the global economy, copper, for instance, is breaking out, doing really well. The global economy keeps improving. You know, there could be some type of a potential nice play there from oil and energy. And you mentioned Joe Biden. With that split Congress, it's going to be much, much harder for, again, some of his more aggressive measures, I guess we'll say, to take place. And that is, again, a big part why energy has kind of bounced so much. And, um, you know, it's it, I wouldn't say take a flyer on it, but for somebody who's willing to take a, to to, to um, invest in something and wait a couple of years, some of those energy names really could be, um, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's what a lot of people have done. And now they're starting to bounce. And there could be some opportunity there. No question about it. Ryan, you already made reference a little bit to the bond market. Let's develop that a little bit yep. more. The, the bond market reacted sharply to both the election outcome and the vaccine news. What are your thoughts on where the bond market is going at this point? Yeah, I mean, again, you know, the, the yields spiked initially on the election, then they sold off. And then on Monday, when you had the Pfizer news, the 10-year yield, at, at least as of this morning, around 1%. I said, wouldn't it be funny 30 years ago if we would said, oh, my goodness, the 10-year yield's at 1%. percent you think you were crazy. But again, that is, that's that's high anymore. And, and our take is, you know, with, with copper doing better, the economy doing better, we think, you know, the 10-year yield by, the, by this time next year could be up around 1.5, which would be 1.5 and 1.75%, which potentially could pressure bonds a little bit. We still like stocks over bonds, as I just talked about. I mean, there's always a place for 
fixed income of bonds in someone's portfolio. But our favorite area is we still like investment-grade corporates, and we like mortgage-backed securities if you had to pick an area that LPL Research likes on the fixed income side of things. But overall, um, you know, um, we just still think stocks will probably outperform bonds well into next year. Right now, I would, let me follow up on that for just a second because I think that that oftentimes investors struggle with the low yield, low interest rates that we have because they're looking right. for income and things of that nature, and, and they could be lured into finding things that that uh, advertise a high yield. But speak for just a moment about the dangers of chasing yield. I know you guys don't like to chase yeah. yield in your portfolios. Well, you know, that's exactly right. I mean, you have to think if it's too good to be true, it might be too good. And there could be some problems. And just the start of this year, you know, something like uh, MLPs, right, um, Master Limited Partnerships, they had very high yields. People said, oh, there's some nice yield there. We'll get in there. But the price goes lower. And, and you can get impacted by the price. So it's it's definitely a double-edged sword there. And it is, a, believe me, it is not just a question that the listeners are for you guys that have or your clients or our clients this is a global question where in the world do i find yield and at the end of the day with the 10-year yield in the u.s around one percent approximately we'll say we're still a lot higher than a lot of other places a week ago right now there were over 17 trillion with the t trillion dollars of negative sovereign debt around the globe i mean this is an issue for a lot of people at the same time we think bonds just kind of click through coupons and if you, you, know, you make one percent for the next 10 years and that so be it but that's the safety you know what you're going to get and then as we saw back in march yes when stocks had that 34 percent correction bonds bonds did their job and uh they helped protect a lot of people and that's why it still makes sense to have some in your portfolio Ryan, we've got less than a minute left, but I really want to hit on this real quick. We talked about a lot of tailwinds uh, to to the market. Any headwinds? What could possibly uh, be a roadblock in the next year or so? Yeah, I mean, one thing that we're worried about right here and now, Scott, is things look pretty good, right? I mean, when things were devastating back in April, as the market started going up. Okay, now we're starting to see a better economy. Things are opening up. We're getting the vaccine. Wouldn't, again, wouldn't it be something from that contrarian point of view if you could have some type of um, – some type of a, just a, a sell the news mentality. Also, the Fed. The Fed has said that they are going to wait till they start to finally see inflation creep up before they even consider the hike rates. They're almost saying we're going to be behind the eight ball. We're not there yet. But one thing that worries us out in out another year or two could the Fed be behind the eight ball, get inflation too high, and then that could be an issue. Not there yet, but we're watching it. All right, very good and perfect timing, by the way. So you're doing good for being up <laughs> at four o'clock. That's LPL Chief Market Strategist Ryan Dietrich. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, guys. Want to know what goes on in the studio? During this break, go subscribe to the Gen Wealth Financial Advisors YouTube channel and get all the straight talk on retirement, investments, and your money. Did you know there are a ton of financial resources on GetReadyForTheFuture.com? No? Well, bookmark that page for later because the Get Ready For The Future show is back. Our thanks again to Ryan Dietrich joining us as he does each and every month, Chief Market Strategist for LPL Financial. And just a quick reminder, if you want to have further discussions about uh, our thoughts on the market, on the economy, investment strategies, you can always reach out and set a free appointment with a Gen Wealth advisor by calling 501-653-7355. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors with offices all across the state of Arkansas in Conway, West Little Rock, Bryant, Hot Springs, and El Dorado. We're also located in Northwest Louisiana. 501-653-7355 will get you in touch with any of those offices, an advisor in any of those offices. And you can also reach out via email if you prefer to do it that way. Just send the email to info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. On today's show, we're talking about laws of investing. Do those really exist? Yeah, principles, truths about how you should approach your investment strategy that if you, help you really keep your cool, keep your head about you when things go haywire like they have certainly done in this year of 2020. Our first law in the broadcast was uh, an investor at rest is going to stay at rest and an investor in motion will stay in motion. Talking about it's not about timing the market, which is a fool's errand, but it's about time in the market. And we're using Newton's law, if that didn't sound familiar to you, if you weren't listening in that first segment, that that's where we're drawing our parallels. So law number two, and very creative, by the way, the way we're getting there, force equals mass times acceleration. 
All right, you guys have an example of how that works. I, I want to point out that I have all the toys on my side yes. of the room today. You have to do a little more. bit upset you have about to that. Do more work. There's weights in that. So the illustration here is that John has a box full of weights, like you know, little three pound, et cetera, weights, and I have a box full of air nothing else in it and so the the question is which one is easier to actually move and you know the obvious answer is i don't have to use nearly as much force to move this yeah, empty box tough. as he has to use you know to move that box full of weights I figured i was going to have to defend myself since i hit you with a catapult earlier than... yeah your payback's coming later and it won't be on camera <laughs> okay so anyway <laughs> i'll be right putting these along. in my pocket and being sure that uh, we take care of that but uh, here yeah. here's the parallel to investing on this. If you think about uh, GenWealth's law uh, uh, that is parallel to Newton's law, it is force equal intention times action. Hmm. You know, there can be lots of good intentions, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. With good intentions, that's right. What I thought about on this, uh, and we've given some other examples, but, you know, I, I have really good intentions to actually do the laundry. (laughs) And it sits there. You have to actually take action in order to make those intentions a reality. And the same is true of investing. You can think about investing. You can think about retirement. But if you don't actually put it into action, take you get a plan and put it into action, then what's the point? It's just going to sit there and do nothing. Well, let's sum it up. Uh, Without action, your intentions are useless. Yeah. And without intentions, your actions are aimless. You're just wandering. And and that is what I see many times with people who have investments, but no, but no plan. Right. Uh, they, they come in and they've got, and you say, have you ever had a financial plan before? Well, yeah, I've got this. And they hand you a stack of statements. It's not a written plan. Those are actually intentions but there's no action there. There is no necessary, no plan for what that money is supposed to do. And that is, uh, that's really how people end up in a place where they don't want to be as far as retirement is concerned, Janet. It's, it is really wandering aimlessly down the road. Yeah, you have to have, you have to have purpose. You know, when we were talking about moving these boxes, you know, why, what is, what's the purpose? And obviously, you know, we're letting these sit still because there is no purpose in moving these, but there is great purpose in investing. If you think about if your intent long-term is to retire, then you have a purpose. You've got to determine what actions you need to take to put all of that together. Now, let me also say, Scott, that, that, you know, people can get real frustrated with themselves about maybe many years of inaction, uh, many years of not having a direction, being aimless with their money. Let me just speak very clearly to you. You are where you are, and you can't unwind where you've been, and, and you can't unwind history. You have to start from the place that you are. And many times people think that they are in a place that is really no good when they could have just been maybe on the other side of the fence, if you will, from where they need to be. And and they don't see that because there's some trees around that fence. And they don't really realize that just with a few tweaks of their of their situation, of their financial plan, maybe just doing the right actions at the right time could put them back on the path that they need to go. And we see that many times when they come in, Janet, that they may be distraught about where they are financially, but we sit down with them and go, look, things are not really as bad as you think they are. And we begin to go through the details of it and we just walk through that with them. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that becomes clear to them. So that's being distraught about where they are financially, maybe due to to what they've done or not done in the past. But there's also, and this is something we're dealing with a lot right now, just due to what's going on in our country and globally, whether you're talking about the election, whether you're talking about coronavirus, whatever the, the thing may be that has people disturbed. As financial advisors, we deal a lot with emotion. You know, people will contact us and say, hey, I'm really concerned about X, whatever it is. We, we have over the years called it the crisis du jour because whatever x is changes but the concerns do not it's just i'm concerned about this so what do i do about my investing and really as we coach people through this the the realization that investors need to come to is that when you're investing it's not light switch on or light switch off 
It's not just I'm in or I'm out. And that's the way a lot of people look at it is I'm completely in or I'm completely out. And the closer you get to retirement, the more emotional that conversation becomes. Like I'm going to retire in a couple of years or maybe in a few months. So I don't want to take any risk at all. But as we've said for many years, if you take away that market risk, then what you are accepting is inflation risk. You know, that there are exchanges in this. You're not going to give up all risk period. So it's really important to think about your proximity to your goal and what needs to be done, what force needs to be applied, if you will, with regard to different pieces of your assets. They're segmented differently and you apply different force to different portions of those assets. Yeah. When I think about intention without action, I'm thinking, you know, a lot of people are intending to retire at age 65, right? And, but they don't have the action uh, steps in place, which we would say is building a plan. And, and, and to Janet's point, we talk to people all of the time who maybe have done a really good job of saving and investing in their 401k, but as they close in on that age 65 or whatever that magic number is that they want to retire, they have no idea what they're going to do with it, how right. they're going to distribute that to themselves as income and have the outcome that they desire. I think that's really the, the topic here when, when people come in, as John mentioned earlier, with a collection of investments. And I might point out too, sometimes they've been to advisors and still have a collection of investments with no clear plan. They've just been sold some products, but they have no idea if that's enough. That's the number one question, right? Uh, do, do I have enough to retire? How much do I need to retire, John? Yeah. they. I, Scott, I was thinking about while Janet was going through uh, the things that she was talking about earlier, you and I have a, a common background of being a former journalist. And I think we could probably agree that context of information is so critical. Oh yeah. And do we ever know that in this day and <laughs> yeah, time, yeah, right? Absolutely. Right. Because you can be given a piece of information and have one outlook on something, and then you can be given more information about that, and it totally changes your outlook. And I think many times people only have a small piece of information about something, and then you begin to expand that that knowledge, and you begin to expand their understanding about that, and all of a sudden they have a completely different outlook on it, they have a completely different take on it, they have a completely different direction about where they're going. And I think that that's something that that I have seen at least as people come in, they think they know something about something because they've been convinced by, you know, some information source, be it Facebook or mm-hmm. be it something on the internet or whatever. And, you know, as I as I kind of wryly said to somebody the other day, you can probably find that Jesus was a heretic on the internet. You know, <laughs> it, it just it, it, it there's a lot of things out there that you can prove any point that you want to prove simply by looking up some information, but it really, you have to have the context. You know, we've talked a lot, guys, about um, we should probably all have degrees in psychology because we deal with so much yes. of that in what we do. And John, you're talking about people People think that they know a fact, and so they want to make a financial decision based on that fact that they think is accurate, which may or may not be accurate. But, but there's also people have a feeling. I love the way Dave Ramsey says it about his wife. She has a feeling and, you know, they're going to make a decision based on that feeling. How many times do we get people who, you know, whether it's a fact that's actually less frequent or a feeling and they want to make an investment decision based on that, but, but we've got to bring to the table here's the logic, here's what you actually need to understand and what really plays a role. This is very simple, but this comes from just fact and no emotion to it. But how many times do we have people who say, hey, you've already got, you know, my spouse's retirement account. When I retire, I want to combine mine with hers. Yeah, you you can't. And I mean, that's just simple fact. It's not an emotion to it. You just can't. And so what is there about retirement, whether it's as simplistic as being required to have separate accounts for your IRA money or way more complicated about how do you handle retirement income plan? What is it about retirement that you don't know? Yeah, that's that's a huge question to to a lot of people. And the only way that you really get that comprehensive understanding is not just a a visit, but it is a long-term relationship with a financial advisor. Actually not doing a transaction with someone, but actually 
allowing them to come alongside you and guide you and coach you through uh, the, the various things. This client that I was talking about uh, that, uh, you know, he's about to make an emotional decision about something and uh, impose some logic into the equation and it goes, yep, that's that's what we'll do. And he goes, that's why I got you around is to keep me from doing things like right. this. And, and it's true. It, it is very true that that those are the reasons why you have a relationship with a financial advisor, and that is to help you think through things sometimes. Sometimes you just need an outside perspective, or sometimes you need a more informed perspective. And the bottom line of it is we do this every day. You do it when you pick up your statement. It's something that you can rely on. That is a relationship with a financial advisor. Gen Wealth's law number two, force equals intention times action. Without action, your intentions are useless. Without intention, your actions are aimless. We'll be right back. More wisdom from Arkansas's most listened to financial talk show is just around the corner after the break. Stay tuned. Want more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show. You remember in school learning about Newton's laws? Well, we're taking some of those and putting our twist on it and turning them into GenWealth's laws of investing. That's right. There is a correlation. We've talked about a couple already today. And in our final segment today, we're talking about uh, this law. Everyone's heard this one, right? For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So if you're watching on Facebook, you see I have this balloon, right? So the reaction here is, is I'm going to let, or the action is I'm going to let go of the balloon and you'll watch the balloon. I'm going to try to get this in the microphone so I can get the sound. That'll be fun. <laughs> uh, not really. But you saw the balloon went one way, but the air was coming out of the balloon and going the other way. So the action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And that's true. Uh, when it comes to investing as well, what have you got? Well, there, John, you got I, I was just going to point He's out. Got a smirk on his face. I was just going to point out me. in your favor that that you blew up the balloon yourself during the break. Notice what they gave me to oh, blow up a balloon yeah. because I'm the old guy around here. You okay. know, it's got enough hot air. I have faith in you, John. You could have done it. Well, you're going to do one too then? Where's the balloon? Even when I am self-deprecating, she she still does it to me. She still razzes me. Long-term friendship. That's the way it works. Let's see here. So the show only lasts another 10 minutes. So uh, uh, let's go ahead and talk about what we're we're really focusing on here on the financial aspect of that. Thanks for that one. No problem. (laughs) Okay. Glad to do it. So when we talk about for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. When you think about the, the principle of, you know, the limitation of choices. If you're going to budget for investing, then that means you, let's say you're going to put in, I don't know, $500 a month. Then if you're going to start putting $500 a month in one side of your budget for the investing, then you have to reduce $500 a month from somewhere else in order to be able to do that. It's, we talk about the law of opportunity, you know, you only have the opportunity to use those dollars in one place in one way. So make your choice. What is that going to be? And and that's where we see this principle in place in terms of finance. Well, and if you stop and think about it, that one principle may be what keeps most people yeah. in the poorhouse. Yeah, because I would agree. they make a decision about where to put that money, and it is: do I spend it on something that gives me short-term, immediate pleasure but has no lasting value, or do I spend it on something? that actually will grow in value and give me pleasure for a number of different years. Uh, you know, maybe it's a, a utilization in retirement. If you think about the fact that the, the example that we went through earlier today about missing time in the market and what right. have you, and $10,000 being worth $700,000 over a 40-year period of time in the market, what if you hadn't put that $10,000? What if you'd only put five in there? Maybe you're now falling short of retirement and retirement is not as pleasurable as you want it to be or as as essential as you need it to be. Because frankly, there are a lot of people in this day and time, Janet, as we well know, 
Uh, there's only about half the folks that are out there that are actually saving in a significant way for retirement. And they have a, a rude awakening coming because Social Security is just not going to cut it for them. Yeah, you're, you're right. I, I want to go back to what you were talking about on, you know, the example that we used earlier in the show where that $10,000, if you just leave it alone, don't take anything out of it. You know, 40 years later, you're looking at 700 plus thousand dollars. That's a big deal. But what happened early on with that $10,000 is you wouldn't have seen a whole lot of progress. Like right. when Scott released that balloon earlier, there's an immediate, you know, result of the action. When he released it, then the the air comes out, the balloon moves, it's instant, you can see it. With investing, it's different. It takes time. It really takes time to see the progress. I, how many times, guys, I mean, we've had this, this conversation often over the years when we will have somebody come in and they've got their 401k and it might have half a million dollars in their 401k and then they've got an account here that is maybe $50,000. They're not ready to retire yet, so the 401k hasn't moved over and they look at, well, I'm making more money in my 401k than I am here. What they're looking at is the dollars earned not the percentage because sometimes when we when we look at that they might have had 10 percent growth in their fifty thousand dollar account and maybe only you know five percent in the other one but ten percent of fifty thousand is five thousand dollars but when you look at five percent of a half a million that's twenty five thousand dollars so they made more dollars but the percentage was actually lower and you can really deceive yourself in that the point is you've got to give yourself time because when you get to those larger balances that compounding interest you really begin to see the impact of it Scott, can I throw in a, uh, another gen wealth law? Because I think it's important from the context of what we're talking about to, to uh, understand the, the law that we apply in, in terms of our income for life model and our ready to retire process. And that is the law basically is that time has the propensity of healing almost every wound that you would have in the stock market. And when you think about the array of buckets or segments of money that we use in the income for life model as we work with our clients, we basically put equities in a long-term 20-year, 25-year bucket. Well, we know that long-term equities, uh, the longer you have money invested in an equity market, the greater the probability is of you making money. So we use the law of probability to go through and say, okay, we're going to allocate money to equities, but we're going to put a time buffer in here and not use that equity money for at least 15, 20, 25 years down the road. And what do we do to allow that to happen? We put other more conservative conservative investments in place for you to be able to utilize as you are waiting on those equity buckets to get ripe, if you will. I always think about planting, growing, and harvesting money. And you have a long-term growth period of equity money. It is foolish to put money in the market today and then go out there and look at it and go, okay, have I made any money this month or this year or something like that? That is a fool's game in and of itself. You know, I want to say as a parent, uh, I want to caution you about what you're teaching your children about investing when they're young. I I had uh, somebody uh, probably three or four years ago that they ha- helped their child invest just a little bit of money. They picked some investments and they did their thing. And then, the, and then the kid like six months later goes that investing thing, you can lose money. <laughs> like it was, you know, it was a big, big, and I get it because it was his hard earned, you know, teenager work money. I, I get that. My point is it was like a six month period of time. That's not investing. You have to leave it alone and give it time. So the question for this family is, all right, is that kid going to invest later when they're old? Because we didn't teach them the concept of just sit back and wait. This is not a microwave result. This yeah. is this is a slow Crock cooker. Pot. Yeah, this is yeah, absolutely. Well, I yeah. was going to steal the analogy of of the farmer's daughter. You know, yeah. if if you had gone out into the yard and put a seed in the yard of of some plant or something like right. that, and then three weeks later gone out there and looked and went. Hmm, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Nothing <laughs> yeah. happening here. Yeah. You know, you, you would have been laughed off the farm. You right. know, everybody on the farm would have been like, eh, give it time, you, kid, give yeah. it time. Yeah. yeah. Pour some water on it. Let it do its thing, you know, and all of that. 
the key in investing is time, especially if you're investing in equities, the key is time. And and the real magic, if you want to call it that, it's not magic, but it, the, the real, uh, uh, I guess, uh, beauty? the what? Beauty, maybe? Yeah, that may yeah. be beauty okay. of, of the uh, income for life model that we use is that we build in uh, very conservative assets for you to be able to utilize so you can give your equities time. Because we know that if you make a mistake in equities, time has the ability to, most cases, heal that mistake. And so when you are investing in a, in a long-term proposition like retirement, and even if you're 60 years old, retirement is a long-term proposition. You're likely to live to 80, 85, maybe even 90 years old. And so you've got to have a strategy in place to be able to do those things that are necessary. I, I think that's a great point because we've met with some people recently who are thinking about retiring in the next two, maybe three years, and how they view their assets is different than when they knew they had time right? right when they're 40 years old it's really easy to go i've got time before i'm retiring time before i need it but there's this thought process for a retiree or near-term retiree that well now i don't have any more time i don't right. have time to make this up but a bucketing strategy the investment strategy in the income for life model allows you to still look at it with a long-term perspective all right, time for our final thoughts. You heard the bell. Uh, I'm going to go back to this last one uh, that we just talked about. For every action, there is a reaction. You, you have to have a balance. Financial independence requires sacrifice for me. You know, that's what we were talking about up front. You may have to take from somewhere else or be willing to sacrifice from somewhere else to be able to get to your goals. But it all comes back to that planning for me because it's easy to sit there and think about a goal and think about the outcome you want, but you have to plan for it. Then you'll know how much do I need to save and how long do I need to save it. I'm going to take the first law. An object at rest tends to stay at rest and an object in motion tends to remain in motion. If you think about as an investor, if you are an investor at rest, meaning you're not investing, that means, you know what? you're not really even an investor. So I would challenge you, if you're sitting on the sidelines, get in the game, get involved, be an investor in motion. I would absolutely say that that if you're wondering, okay, how do I apply all this uh, you know, scientific stuff that you've talked about, all these Newton's laws, I don't want to be sitting under the apple tree and the apple fall on my head, you know, <laughs> whatever analogy you want to put. It all starts with a relationship with a financial advisor. And understand that I said it's a relationship, it's not just a meeting with a financial advisor. It is a long-term relationship where they get to know you, you get to know them, and you work together toward that common goal of, of putting yourself in a position of, of safety and comfort in retirement and being able to live the dreams that you wanted to live. That's interesting. Working with a financial advisor is an investment in itself, right? Yes. An investment right. of time, an investment in a relationship. And we would love to take that first step with you. All you have to do to reach out is you can call us or you can email us. The email is info at getreadyforthefuture.com. The phone number is 501 653 733 Five, five. We hope you've enjoyed today's Get Ready for the Future show, and we hope you'll join us again next week, either on Facebook, YouTube, or on radio. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. 